Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into our podcast, but we know you may have an idea for your own podcast and that's why we are recommending you go get Anchor. Mm-hmm. You can create your own podcast and then like maybe have us on as guests. You should definitely have us on. For oh, we're, we're, I just checked our calendar. We're busy, Ooh. Oh, but we're available on this day. We can pencil okay, we'll you be, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we in. can do it. Okay, we, we it. said yes. Forget it. I don't like your ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anchor is the system we use and it's got a lot of cool tools. You can actually, it's kind of a one-stop shop place where you can go, you can record, edit everything, even implement songs from Spotify into your podcast. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it the most, to be honest, is that it makes us money and I love money. And it also is free, which is kind of like, you know, you save money. It's like I think that's the biggest money. thing is like it's free. So you don't have to worry about like paying any kind of fee or signing up for thing. And they do everything for you. So you can go there. They will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other places your family are going to ignore you on. So uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started for free. Mm-hmm. Did we mention it's free? Free and you make money. You're going to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Your family will ignore you. That's we're, true. It cuts to the core. We're not, we're not going to be on your podcast. Come on, kids, now gather around. Grab along and sit right down. What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground. It's the campfire shit show. And now, your camp counselors, Bo Hufford and Mero Climo. Hello, we are here today. And before we start, I just wanted to give a little update of uh, before we got to our recording place. We stopped at a, we stopped at a coffee shop and Bo couldn't go in because it was masks only. Oh, yeah. And you stood outside, and it was really funny. And they give me such glares. I got a glare and an eclair from there. <laughs> oh, yeah, the bakery. You were not feeling it. You know. It's an area called Atwater Village, and <laughs> it can be, it's not snooty, but it's like, um, you I know, there, there, I think, I, th- I think there's, um, there are these places, right, which I can follow rules. I don't care about rules. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But like when things become, too much, too Arbitrary. much regulation, too much like there's a sign for 40 different things like, yeah, it's just seems too much. It seems over over regulated. Yeah. I start to get turned off by that. Yeah, me too. Where it's like six feet apart. OK, I got it. Wear a mask. Fine. Totally no problem. Cool. Yeah. Also, don't make eye contact and yeah. stand with your shoes pointing north and it's like wait what and shoot this jew oh no yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah, like yeah. it's like whoa i think everyone needs to calm the fuck down yeah, just a little definitely bit. and uh yeah that place was was no i got in trouble no for putting my coffee grounds on the counter yeah that the, they yelled at you yeah they said please take your bag of coffee out i'm like why and they're like because of covid restrictions <laughs> like i don't okay i didn't great. know that but we but, do what we do. But I did a thing that I don't like doing, which is going to L.A. Yeah. Yes, and I made it. It's worth it, though. I promise. Yeah. No. Um, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Because. Our, yeah. 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 No, we'll just because keep saying, guest, yeah. Our guest is no, so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Our guest is amazing. I'm really excited. Uh, you may know them from the movie School of Rock with Jack Black. They mm-hmm. were a child actor uh, and still an actor. Mm-hmm. But like you might know them from School of Rock. Um and that is our guest, Rivka Reyes. Yep. There. And yeah, exactly. Actor, musician, comedian, producer, and writer. Also the host of the Where Are They Now podcast, where they talk to child actors to see where they are now. Which I really like that idea. Yeah. I want to I wanna check that out. So let's get them into our sleeping bag. Bow. Come on in, Riv. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going. Let's are you going? Open. Let's, yeah. let's rivet open. Let's do it. Gosh, I can always depend on you over this. Let's go. <laughs> This is tight. What? That's our setup. What? The setup. It's oh. cool. It's cool. We try. You don't have a podcast? I do. Well, then what the fuck? I mean, I do it in my living room on my like computer with well, my- We're literally doing it in a stranger's garage. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to begin. You want to begin? Yes. Let's begin. Okay. The, my very first question for you. So your podcast is Where Are We Now, right? And- but I noticed we'll get into what that is and all that stuff. But you talked about the Mandela effect yes. on one of your episodes. Yes. And I'm super interested in that too. Yeah. Do you believe in that or what's your... I do. It like 
I recently learned about the Mandela effect and it can blew you, my mind. Can, can I elaborate? Yeah, because so, I, some people might not know what that is. Some people uh, who are listening to the pod who might not know what the Mandela effect <laughs> is. Um, it's, I feel like the best way I can describe it is like collective being wrong yeah. <laughs> about something. Yeah. Like for, and it, the, my favorite example of the Mandela effect is that Sinbad who we love and know. Oh, I don't know if I've heard this one yet. Sinbad, the actor, uh-huh. was in that movie Shazam, right? About that genie. You know what? I don't know that to be. That I, wasn't, I'm not sure of that. I know that it wasn't, but I know why you're saying that it was. I It was it was Shaq. Yeah. It was Shaq. And that disgusts me because <laughs> I was. You're sure. S- sure. I was one that I was like, oh, yeah, Shazam with Sinbad, that movie about the genie. Yeah. <laughs> he was never in no movie as a genie. <laughs> There was never a movie called Shazam until very recently. The movie with Shaq was called Kazam. Kazam. It wasn't Shazam. No, that's wrong. And it was Shaq acting. Yeah. And I think think there's some connection, right? Because you've got Sinbad Mm -hmm. and Kazam. That me that feels like it should be together. And right? Shaq. And Shaq. Like, and K with yeah, Kazam. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of bells and whistles to that one. That is the Mandela effect. And then like it's named after Nelson Mandela, who yeah. everyone thought Mandela died in prison. Um, there's a very famous uh, moment on America's Next Top Model, which is one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasure shows, <laughs> where one of the models, they're in South Africa like for a season. And because, you know, they always go on a trip. Famously, gotcha. famously, gotcha. they always go on a trip. The last, like the last six girls get a treat where they get to go on a trip. And season four, they're in Africa and they're at the prison cell where Mandela was kept. And one of the girls is like, with her hand to her chest, she goes, when did he die? <laughs> and like all the other girls are like, he never died. And she was like, no, he did. Like she's so, they, so certain they of saw, it. They showed someone having that. And, and having, like, wow, yeah. I didn't even know that either. They're like, let's bring our guest judge in, Mandela. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nelson, come on out. <laughs> Judging the models. Like. I, I've heard of people that swear that they know that they were in their living room watching like his funeral or something. Yeah. And they're- Straight up and like newspaper, you know, yeah. like, um, there but was, there it was never a show happened. On HBO, and I'm blanking on what it is, but it's this guy. It's like six episodes long. Yes, What's I know exactly something what you're talking like, about. Like something with John or something like that. Something with John. Yeah, I it's. I know Nathan Fielder yes. was a producer Correct. on it, and, and he did a whole episode on the Mandela effect and went yeah. through all of these things that are like. Um, that right, the Monopoly yep, Man, yep. the Fruit of the Loom logo, oh, yeah. Jiffy Peanut Butter. Mm. Um, J- Jim Carrey was one that I'm like, no, I'm sure that his last name was spelled. C A R E Y. No, there's two R's. There's always been. You think to me, there are two R's. I would put my. That was one where I'm like, I that changed my whole life. So, do you think it's because we're we switched to like a different portal or something? I think that it is. (laughs) I think that there is a there is a timeline in which Mandela did die, in which there was a movie with Sinbad, and in which Fruit of the Loom did have the basket behind the fruit. Mm -hmm. Because I have such. And it's only because I, me specifically, Rivka Reyes, I have, no, I'm just kidding. But it's because so many people, how could so many people think that, you know, the Monopoly man had a monocle? How many, how could yeah. so many people think that the Fruit of the Loom logo has a little basket? Hmm. If a whiteout was one there too. was a whiteout, yeah. There's an alternate universe or a timeline in which the Fruit of the Loom has a basket in it. Like That means that there's this moment <laughs> where, where somebody's like, okay, my, this logo has no basket, but in this other timeline, the difference is there's a basket. Yeah, I think it's a glitch. I wow. I literally think that there might be like there's the possibility that that is just like a glitch in the system. Oh my gosh! Mm. What if in this other world I married my camp counselor that I was in love with since I've been 16, and then I oh boy, like right now we're there's, like getting divorced. Own, yeah, that's a, that's its own timeline. Yeah. That's its own. Yeah. Is there anything in your alternate universe that you're like maybe like maybe be this a is a true thing or something or. Um, no, because I feel like my, mm, I I have always had like strong connections with like the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I've always felt presences and I talk about this a lot on my show and other shows that I go on. Like I, I definitely, you know, saw ghosts when I was a kid and there is no part of me that doesn't think that was a part of this timeline. Mm. And the Mandela effect stuff, I feel like is just things from the other side that have come in to this frame. 
yeah that kind of just exists on this realm I'm glad you said that because we'd like to bring your ghost in. Nelson, <laughs> come on down. Nelson, I, what heard, up? Yeah, he has died since <laughs> the, that episode think. of... That's what you think. See. I'm yeah. not just buttering your bread, but I've heard that children that see ghosts are maybe not like, you know, indigo children or whatever, but they're a little bit more like open already as like a soul or I don't know. I've heard that. Do you, is that something that resonates with you? or? Are you saying that because I saw ghosts, that's why I'm gay? <laughs> I'm like, did you, were is you, that what you was, just was said? Was that your first? Uh, I think I missed that. Indigo. No. What if you were like my first crush was like a, f- a female ghost? No, I think they're just more, maybe more special. I mean. Yeah. More, well, more I mean, yeah, I think that I've always been kind of <laughs> for the <laughs> listener because this is not a visual uh, medium. I, I'm sweating. And she just, so. threw, they just threw a pillow. And <laughs> we, we had a fur pillow and a, a, and a velvet rug. And they said, I've always been special. <laughs> I've always There's been special. Pillow. Just throws a velvet pillow on the ground of this garage that I don't live in. I love it. I'm, I'm digging it. <laughs> Sorry, it's so hot. It's okay. Don't apologize. It wasn't you can't hot before you got it. here, just so you know. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I I feel like I'm I'm recently coming to terms with the fact that I'm special. So when you said the word special, I want to just kind of process this right here. Like I'm in there. Um, that's therapy for short. Here we go. We've got. Oh my gosh. You're already in the already faces. On I adore you. We're that's already amazing. on a briefs. Yeah. Um, you're pissed. You're, 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 already, you're abbreviating a briefs. A briefs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said I'm in there. I was in there. I'm in yeah, there right there. now. Um, so when you said special. Yeah. The way my butthole clenched. I have had this weird aversion to like this idea that I'm special for my whole life because it's kind of like special is synonymous with weird Mm -hmm. like for certain kids like for me I was like the only one that wasn't athletic in my my grade school class like even like some of the like most nerdy like dorkiest kids in my yeah. class were like really fast runners yeah. um because of all the bullies <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> like running away from- uh, but like even they were like on the baseball team or like they did ice skating or whatever i was like just multiple times a week doing guitar stuff and music stuff and i was like it wasn't like cool to be a classical guitar player like even though now like saying that now I'm like, that's so fucking cool that right. I did yeah. that. Right, yeah. Right. Um, uh, can I swear? Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. What if I'm like your butthole? We're gonna have, we're gonna bleep that out. My meep, meep. No, my bleep hole. <laughs> um, or would it be butt bleep? Oh yeah. yeah like butt hole. Bleep hole. Not butt bleep. Yeah. Anyway, we'll shorten that. That your hole. I like butt. <laughs> I like butt bleep though. Butt, butt bleep. bleep. That's hard to say. I know. Butt bleep. Yeah. What if I was just like out of nowhere? My pronouns are butt and bleep. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, everyone. You gonna... learn. You figure it out. <laughs> I'm right with you. In gym class, I had to do it. Everyone was doing somersaults and they created something for me just called like a spring roll where I would just have to roll to my side. A and spring of roll. Course it's, and, of course, it's a food yeah, reference. A food thing. And I would just roll to the ground. And there was like this white fence that we had to. Cl- I've told this before in the podcast because it made such a big impact on me where it was like all my classmates just had to climb this white fence and swing over it. My friends from elementary school probably laughed so hard right now because and then i had to like go to summer school basically to like learn how to climb this white fence and then no. yeah i feel like my i never had i'm with you where like my dexterity and i i just have never been like really athletic or like i love to go outside for walks mm. but but just doing things like that i yeah. felt so like losery or just so just different like, yeah yeah and like whenever i would get bullied for certain things like for you know being the weird guitar girl or for not being able to like run good mm-hmm. or like you know whatever just for being like a bit of a like spelling like (laughs) I hate using this word but like I was kind of a spelling Nazi like I would Uh like point out spelling errors on things like my teacher would like spell something wrong and I'd be like you spell that wrong (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because I started reading super young and everything so um, but anyway my mom would always be like they're just jealous because you're special and so what I internalize is I don't want to be special I just want to be like everyone else Mm. so when people now say like well you're special I'm like "Ah." I just want to be normal you're very normal well no no I've like recently forgiven myself for being special so now you're special again so now I'm special you just took us on a roller coaster ride I felt bad now I don't feel bad good you seem special ish Thank you. That's at best. Middle I'm ground. Like, that's as far as I'm going. Middle ish, ground. Ish at best. I, abbreviated ish. Ish. <laughs> that's funny how we all have like 
front facing things that some people just see right away. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend that everyone finds her mysterious and intriguing and she just wants to be like, I watch, you know, Polly Shore movies and like she wants like a Bichon dog and, and she feels we, so not special and normal. We were we just actually have- talking about this as like my, my childhood friend growing up. Uh, he was like, especially like in the junior high, high school era, it was like he was of this very attractive tall dark and handsome guy okay and then i was okay just feeding into this the thing that i'm about to say which Sorry. is like everyone i met like i was the funny guy yeah. so the women would come to me and go like who's your friend he's so cute yeah but then meanwhile what i didn't realize is that everyone was commenting to him your friend Bo is so funny and so both of us were kind of like, well, I want to be the cute one and I want to be the funny one. It's like whatever you're told, you're kind of like your gut Even with, is yeah, the, the grass yeah, is greener. Yeah. All yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And, and I know later in life, like some of the kids who were mean to me in elementary school, um, especially after like seeing some of my written work and stuff and, and, you know, have come to me with like apologies and amends and being like, hey, like, I just want to clear the air. Like that was not at all a reflection of you. Like that was me sure. wanting what you had. And, and so my mom was right. Yeah. Like, you I mean, know? as adults, that's what we learn is that people that are rude or mean bully us. It's like they're just jealous of something we have yeah or they're unhappy with something they have yeah know? yeah that's, that's, that's how it. it is but that had to have been hard for you i mean just to jump into the topic you probably always have to talk about right was as, as a young age get to talk about yeah, <laughs> get to talk about it's a privilege and okay. an honor and oh, i i, I, like I feel that. like i stopped again it's like something else that i've recently rewired my thinking around is like that school of rock is the only thing that I'll ever be known for. It's like, well, if that's the case, it's a pretty fucking rad thing to be known for. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that, like to me, that's meeting you for the first time. I'm like, oh, that's a cool thing. I want to talk about that. But like, they seem super cool. And I watch some of your comedy and you're, you're you know, I like it. I like that. I am I think maybe, maybe just because we do podcasts with lots of people, like I'm almost more interested in, in the current and future. Sure. Than, yeah. You know, that's sure. a super cool thing, but it's not like, yeah, know. no, we we can totally talk about that. Well, I about only, I only yeah. brought it up because you brought up uh, your child life. Yes. Right. And how people do tend to like focus on you for being musical as opposed to being athletic. But then that musical part of you got you to this this role in Listen, school of rock. it did. And like that's that was the ultimate at, at first, of course, it was the ultimate validation, you know. And what happens is I go and do the thing. I meet people who are on my level, equally gifted and special kids mm-hmm. who are just the most amazing people. I was just on the phone with one of them yesterday. We were talking about like, you know, just catching up really, but um, talking about like our next reunion, which is like coming up soon. Our 20 year reunion is oh, wow. like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. I almost Isn't started that crying. Weird? That's crazy. 20 years. 20, 20 years. years. It's wild. Um, You know, we were just talking about like the potential uh, of like whatever the reunion is going to be um, because we didn't put together the last one and like we kind of want to put together this one mm. um, and have kind of artistic cre- uh, control over it. Was the last one a, a show like for the public? Yeah. So it was in Austin um, at the Austin Film Society where Rick Richard Linklater, the director, um, I think served on their board or maybe he founded it. I don't know his mm. position there. I feel bad not knowing. Um, but yeah, it was a, a screening at a theater downtown Austin. And then it was a after show where we played all mm. of the stuff from oh, cool. the movie, um, which was tight. It was at the Gibson, the Gibson like guitar showroom sponsored by Tito's. Oh. Like it, it was nice. And also like all of us had just turned 21. So like we were all just like, like yeah. they yeah. gave us so much free vodka. We were just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this one we're like, it's 20 years and we're all still like so hot and like still thriving. And a lot of us are, you know, working on our own projects, music, et cetera. So we were just talking about that anyway. um, But like the warmth that was on that set, I mean, all of the kids, all of their parents and the crew and the cast, like we just were like a little family and it, I had never experienced like real friendship before. And then we're real bandmates, right? Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were a band. Yeah. Yeah. And, a band is so special like to be in a band in general is really even like the in Chicago like when I would do like a song or two with a live band behind me for some like gala or something I just made myself sound so cool and so fancy give me another pillow (laughs) 
<laughs> every time I say something super cool, I'm just gonna throw a pillow or like there take off a, a like a velvet um robe. Yeah. Just throw it to the ground. A gala. A gala. Mm. Is it gala? I hate gala because that feels like I'm attending a gala. Yeah, you're I'm right. attending you're a gala. Gala gala doesn't sound right. It's gala. Gala. <sighs> okay. I mean, we just had to make everything gay. To, you <laughs> had to make it gay. It, it was just me. called a gala before. Gala. Um, but just the, the power that music like has and connects people with. Um, and then going back to school and having people be like, what, you think you're better than us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I can't bet, imagine I bet, that. You, I did bet. you go back to just your like a traditional public school? Public or school. Really? Public school in Chicago. Um, oh. I mean, we. I, I'm very proud to be a public, like a CPS mm-hmm, kid. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like Chicago public school kids have no chill. Like, and we are very honest. We are not hesitant at all to like roast a bitch to the ground. Uh-huh. And like... You know, I got my ass fucking handed to me by some of these kids who, again, had revealed to me later on that they were jealous. Of course. Of course. Why wouldn't they be jealous? Of course. I got to leave school. Wasn't Jack Black at the height of his popularity when he did that He was like, this was kind of his breakout. This is? Okay. You know, I mean, he had Shallow Hal and uh, Tenacious D in Orange County and Hype. Yeah. I guess I I think Tenacious D was such a big part of my life Mm -hmm. that I thought like, well, he's already the biggest guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of us too, we were already big fans of Tenacious D, Mm -hmm. um, the the cast. Um, And I remember... <laughs> I remember seeing the album cover and I was like raised by a Catholic mom and like a Jewish dad who didn't like care about religion. Um, but my mom was pretty conservative. Um, and like, I remember seeing the tenacious D out before I was even cast in school of rock, like being at like a CD store, um, or a record store, uh, in Chicago and seeing the tenacious D, uh, album cover where they're both naked, like on the cover <laughs> yeah, yeah. and being like, I want that album. My mom being like, no, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> and then like a year later getting to work with Jack. <laughs> You're like the naked guy. That's, yeah, that's the naked my- guy from the album. Um, but yeah, I had already like been introduced to tenacious D by one of my like, uh, schoolmates, uh, before getting to work with Jack. Um, and just being like, wow, these guys are fucking crazy. And I'm so excited that like I get to to work with him you know yeah and and I think I instantly knew like this is work I get to go to work Mm -hmm. I'm employee (laughs) like when I was like 10 because I mean my parents you know my dad was like severely workaholic still is um and I was just like you know this this whole thing like on on Sundays I would go to work with my dad and that was this thing and I was just like I would pretend job. to, you know, yeah, yeah. He worked at this leather store in Chicago and I, mm. I would like work at the leather store on Sundays and I'd be like, I can't link to my sisters. I can't play to get it today. I got to go to work. Um, <laughs> Is that store still open? Mm-mm, not no. anymore. No. Um, I think they're online only at this point, um, but they were called North Beach Leather. Um, and now I think they're called like some some other California West Coast leather or something like that stuff like that seems still so quaint to me and people that even like fix shoes or tailors or like I sure. I want almost yeah. a resurgence of that yeah. type of business or like you know yeah. specialty no, yeah I, there was a tailor at the leather store named Tony his, mm-hmm. we always called him Tony the tailor sorry was out oh, oh I was yeah, just so, gonna say no, I was just gonna say so the the movie was out and you returned back to to school yeah. and so we're you're peers going to like see this movie in the theater and then I could imagine yeah I it's funny because one of my one of my friends who I remained in contact with from uh like elementary school Gigi she recently was going through like albums at her house because she's like getting married and and uh she was like going through like old albums uh from her mom's house and she she found this picture of uh, me and her and like three of our other friends from school at the Chicago like opening Mm. night of School of Rock and we're all dressed in like rock and roll clothes (laughs) like for 2003 you know sixth grade girl rock and roll clothes and like it's basically like you know me in like a shirt that had a couple safety pins on it and holding up the rock and roll sign (laughs) we all look like complete yes yeah I love Avril yeah it's same complete dorks but like yeah yeah, um yeah so like on the opening day of school of rock in chicago like my mom you know asked the theater to like block off like 50 seats for us and just invited like all of our family and friends and stuff and um you know uh people were going to see it um but 
yeah and and people would like quote it and stuff at me in the hallways which i thought was cool at first but then it got annoying um and because then your whole identity to them to other people is just this thing it's not who you are it's who they think you are from that thing yeah exactly Mm. and then like when I was in seventh grade was when like Zanga, MySpace and Facebook kind of started to. What the fuck is Zanga? Did I miss something? I've never heard of Zanga either. That's crazy. It's like LiveJournal. Oh. What the fuck is live? No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> is I'm it joking. Like Tumblr or something? Yeah, yeah. It was basically like Tumblr before Tumblr started. Zanga. Okay. Yeah. Zanga with oh. an X. Oh, okay. um, so like Zanga and like MySpace and Facebook wasn't until I was a freshman in high school actually. But um w- when that started, there were like anonymous like hate pages for me, obviously oh. that were made by my classmates. And I could right. I could definitely tell it was like specifically I'm not gonna name names, but this girl from my class who just was like weird and jealous and if you wanna she, tell me after I like to get vendetta on people. I'm crazy. So I'll be her I'll be the bitch. Very Leo. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm like I will remember in like seventeen years and like put air out of her tires or something. Yeah, no. I think her whole thing was that she was really into like actual punk and uh, that I was super getting into like Blink one eighty two and like mm. Green Day and Avril and she was like oh you're just a poser oh my god and the whole page was like Rivka Reyes is a poser at Zanga.com or whatever like it was <laughs> literally like yeah and I knew exactly who it was I was just like you don't this think is- about that like especially as as a you know they're, they're as an adult actor right people who get getting acting and just really get their break in their 20s or so they still have those same pages but it affects them probably much differently than what it when you're a fucking kid right. going through yeah. puberty right. and and having these like form yeah the forming memories you know and stuff like that yeah it was it was, I mean yeah and and there were comments on it that like kind of went a little too far like about my family and stuff like you know saying stuff about my like unhinged mother because my oh mom my is like gosh. mentally ill mm-hmm. um and it shows and like she definitely would get into like major fights with like other moms at my school for who like for whose kids were bullying me if even mm. if a kid looked at me wrong like my mom would like go off and she you know just real bad like rage <sighs> issues um and then my my dad like you know uh my dad worked in on the side from his like um north beach leather job like he is a contractor and you know he drives a big like work van and stuff and so like kids would say like oh you're you're creepy dad with his dumb mm. smile and his dirty oh overalls and his creepy van Ugh. and you're on you're like they wouldn't say unhinged they was like you're crazy mom and stuff and not only would i see that and be ashamed of my family but my mom would see that of course oh gosh, and it would make it worse because she would of course be like i know exactly who's writing this about you let's kill her yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like who calls me unhinged i will murder her and saw her head off and, yeah. yeah so it, it just it got to this it got to this place where I had to be pulled out of the public school for a minute um Mm. so I was and also there was like a situation where some guy like just came to the school and had like a camera and was like are you Riv Correa's from School of Rock and I like a grown-ass adult-ass man came to the school on the playground taking pictures of me and stuff what the fuck not a paparazzi or anything not a a single fucking thing was done about it not a like the principal of the school to my parents when they were like, "This is unsafe. This is an unsafe environment for her." The yeah. principal of the school is like, "Well, that's what happens when you exploit your child for money." <gasps> wow! And my mom was just like, "We got to pull you out of this place." So wow. I transferred to like a smaller school. Um, it was unfortunately a Catholic school, but it was it it was in like a very gay neighborhood in Chicago. So it was, and it was definitely not like a gay hating Catholic mm-hmm. school. Like the church had rainbows at it. Like they oh, had it, yeah. they had an LGBT mass. It was like a part mm. of their thing. Um, so, you know, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was a cool, it was a, a nice wild, experience. I was actually going to ask you this because. Um, I love how open you are, by the way. That's awesome. Thank uh, you. I mean it. Uh, because you have, I mean, this is a weird question to even pose, but. Uh, because you were a, a young girl in Hollywood and you hear a lot of stories, you know, uh, uh, Elijah Wood is one of those people who's come out and been like, there's a lot of fucking predators in Hollywood trying mm-hmm. 
do they're doing horrible things and mm. i was wondering how much you weren't in hollywood other than for was the filming in chicago no I we filmed know. it in new york okay, and new then york. all of the press was done here okay so you're LA. out here but you weren't in that machine of la not really as a, as a young person like did you have much. agents and managers from like from before even the movie or no, no school of rock was my first gig um and like first and only gig for a while until i like you know i went to theater school and then started booking again like basically right out of college um like smaller you know indie things and industrials and working with second city but yeah before um like right when school of rock came out we were out here all the time for press and Mm -hmm. for you know um all the you know special content for the d the the dvd and stuff the voice the um what is what is it called on the dvd yes the commentary and all that um and doing like the Toronto Film Festival and doing the premiere here and all that and the MTV Movie Awards, which was sick. Uh-huh. Lindsay Lohan was the host. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love I love her. And I remember being like the the most the person who I was the most starstruck of at the MTV Movie Awards was Rachel Dratch and she was playing Oh yeah. And she wasn't even like nominated for anything. She was just like playing Lindsay Lohan's mother in oh like gosh. a sketch for the festival. And I was just like, that's Rachel Dredge from SNL. <laughs> that's cool. Um, meanwhile, like all the other kids, like Eminem. Oh my God, Shia LaBeouf. Like, I mean, granted, I was like very starstruck by the cast of Holes because they were up for stuff the mm. same year as we were. Mm. Um, and I was like enamored with the whole cast of Holes. Um, but, yeah, but it was really Rachel Drash that did it for me. And she's got the perfect situation because like she can probably go grocery shopping without getting mobbed, but then people love her. And she's she got a cult. Express herself yeah. And, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Um, Mark Maron had a bit about that where he was just like, I'm on the level of celebrity where like a group of like three people could be like walking down the street towards me and one person goes, oh shit, that's Mark Maron. And then somebody next to him be like, nah, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third person would be like, who? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I guess uh, just to get back to my question, oh, yeah, and yeah. I sorry, be, no, oh, no, 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 I just I want to I want to make sure I finish my yeah. point just because I want to address it, which is, is there any system in place for young actors to deal with the sort of attention or uh, hyper sexualization of children? No, because but there should be. And the, there's, you know, there's a lot of former child actors that are currently adults, um, you know, living our lives. Um you know, there's a movement now of us, you know, speaking up about it. Alison Stoner, who uh, was on Camp Rock, and she was also in a lot of, um, she's a dancer, hip-hop dancer. She did a bunch of uh, uh, music videos with Missy Elliott. Um, she did a bunch of Disney stuff, and she's been using her platform in a really beautiful way to talk about what she's referring to as the toddler to train wreck pipeline. Um, You know, I've got, where are we now? There's also other um, former child stars doing podcasts as well about it. Um, There's one called the Coogan Chronicles and then Jaleel White who played Urkel has this podcast. I don't know the name of it. Um, They all copied me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mara Wilson, you know, Mara Wilson wrote an amazing book about it. Um, it, It's truly, truly incredible. It's called Where Am I Now? Um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, you know, the, the, I, it completely didn't dawn on me like when I was naming my show. I was going to call it something else. I was going to call it the Adult Black Hole Podcast, but that felt super self-deprecating and that's not at all the energy that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of just like asked like within the other side. I was just like, ancestors, what should I call this podcast? And they're like, where are we now? And I was just like, ding, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I think that there is like this uprising in in former child actors, especially with TikTok. And, you know, it's so easy for us like to, you know, get likes on TikTok because we just like quote the movie that we were in or the TV show that we were in. (laughs) Or you (laughs) do like a stitch and show. Yeah, literally. This was me then. This is me now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and I'm hot and gay now. Like literally, that 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 is how I. And TikTok is like yeah. TikTok loves it. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it there's a lot of us just talking about our experiences and and I think it's it's really important. I mean, if I if I was licensed to do this, I would love to be like an on-call like set therapist for yeah. kids who have to go through yeah. like any of this because it's so dysregulating and so um 
especially for kids who have anxiety or other, you know, ASD or, um, you know, ADHD and, and other like mental um, neuro uh, uh, diversities mm-hmm. um, or atypic atypicalnesses we can shorten it it. pick typical pick pickle yeah 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 (laughs) yeah uh like there needs to be some kind of system of like hey like do you guys need to check in like you you know um and i know definitely i'm i'm what i hear a lot from my guests that come on my show um is that they had some kind of figure like a mentor like Mm -hmm. and like one of my guests had an onset tutor that was really, really special who like, you know, if she was like on set having like a rough time and feeling overwhelmed, she would just, you know, the, the tutor would be like, hey, can she come back to the classroom to draw or something for a couple minutes? Like she right. just needs a little break. Um, we just need people on set advocating for the kids. Cause yeah, the, par- the, the, the key hearing, yeah. thing is like the parents don't always be the ones to do it. Yeah, they just like, want to yeah. push their kids maybe and just be, yeah. like, be easy to work with. Just do anything they say. Just- Sit down shut up mm-hmm. smile mm-hmm. uh like and i remember um you know especially before the pandemic when auditions were all in person like being in the waiting room for an audition once and uh there were kids going in for some other project um and like hearing the child actors like interacting with the adults in the room uh like at the front desk like in hearing the moms being like go say hi and go and, oh. you know, do, do the thing and the kid being like, hi, my name is Cecilia and I'm here for my 1 p.m. appointment. And being very like robotic and put together, I'm like, oh God, did, did I remember, like, do I feel that in my bones? Really? And yeah. just knowing that like Hollywood doesn't see humans mm-hmm. as humans. <laughs> they see dollar signs and yeah. they see product, right? And like, unfortunately, that's just capitalism in general, like is just products over people mm-hmm. um but i'm hoping that like with what we're doing you know with where are we now and the and the other various uh people that are speaking up about these things um is just bringing awareness and yeah advocacy mm-hmm. to you know child young performers um in general Talk about and our needs. No, I think that's awesome. And I I just thought that's a good segue for you to talk about the podcast, maybe in a little bit more detail, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell us like what you're doing, how you're doing it, what kind of what you love in, what you like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Give us Um, the deets as you I'll give you the hot gas. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's me. Funny. You should be making t shirts. I want. Oh my gosh. Hot gas. I think that's patented though. I feel like there's another, yeah, there's a podcast called Hot Goss, um, Alaska and Willem, the drag queens from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race seasons uh, five and four respectively. Wow. They host a, they host a separate, they host many podcasts together. One's called Drag, or it's like Race Chaser where they just break down all of the episodes of the show. And then they have a weekly one called Hot Goss where they like gossip about certain things. It's great. I, really like, I love it. I yeah. Like it. I'll never say it, but I really like the way it sounds. Hot goss. Hot goss. I can't say hot goss. Yes, you can. Hot, okay. In you a just sentence. did. No, I know, you but did. I'm saying like, I can't be like, hey guys, you want to sit around and have a couple drinks and, you know, get to the hot goss. <laughs> oh. like, that doesn't sound it <laughs> That sounded so good. No, it did not. It sounded ridiculous. My butt you know clenched. <laughs> Mine clenched. <laughs> just thinking about me saying it. You know, I could feel it. Um, very, very intuitive and perceptive of things. Um, throws another Aquarius. pillow. Aquarius. Um, <laughs> LOL. Okay. Um, um, I just said LOL instead of laughing. <laughs> I know. That is which really is funny. Which is unhinged. very BuzzFeed terrible. right now. Terrible. Oh, my God. Ugh. We I'm so sorry. Hoo-ha-ha. Hoo-ha-ha. What, what has your experience been with like that so far? Because I'm a new It's person. cool. You like it? It's like this what size for hoo-ha-ha? female, com- or, you know. It's like feminine yeah, and fe- fem- like marginalized gendered comedians. <laughs> okay. <That's laughs> I love it. We can't use very, our intuition. Very but. specific. Uh, branch. I don't know. Yeah, why no, it was like it was um, Elizabeth Banks. I think was the oh my gosh, the person so who founded it, or mm-hmm. she she's definitely like mm. one of the founding folks of uh, Hoo Ha Ha. But it's a it's a social uh, platform for us to like you know pitch to you know oh I like I need a PA for a short that I'm you know producing mm. this weekend or uh, you know looking for. Uh, Looking for a director of photography for a web series. Uh, it's cool. You know, I've it's met very like really cool. high quality people so far. Same. Yeah. Well, Everyone's so today. dope. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm kidding. 
mean, come I'm on, sorry. let's get to the hot goss. Okay, hot goss. Um, yeah, no, but to finish up the hoo ha ha of it all, I love it. I I was in the comedy call call out um, in like a couple months ago, which was cool. cool. And yeah, um, I've definitely uh, gotten to do some in person gigs from hoo ha ha, which is tight. Um, but yeah, and and I, I've also found some guests for my show through hoo ha ha as well. Um, I'm so stoked. I can't say who yet, but <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, oh my god I'm so excited for this next round of guests that I have coming on I'm like recording in the next couple of weeks where are we now um, which is a podcast that I host um, that I have hosted for the last couple months it's all over the internet where you can get podcasts uh, it's a show where I just not just I connect and I chat and I kiki with like fellow former child stars and it's not just child you know actors it's child uh, you know TikTok stars mm-hmm. who, or not TikTok, Vine stars who mm. are adults now. Um, you know, uh, I have people who are musicians. I have people who uh, were, uh, this is going to give away one of my future guests, but people who were on a reality TV show uh, mm. singing competitions when they were kids oh. who are going to come on. But yeah, we chat and, and talk about just what it was like and what it's like now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the conversations tend to go spiritual. Like, they tend to go really deep and emotional sometimes. Um, of course, I've had on some of my fellow School of Rock castmates. Um, and then sometimes I do episodes by myself where I kind of just talk about where I'm at, mm-hmm. uh, which is very – it's a very cool way, I think, to for me to – just carry my message of you know love and and self-awareness and self-acceptance and you know gender euphoria and you know uh queer advocacy and advocacy for the you know person of color and the recovering addicts and all the misfits out there mm-hmm. um yeah it's a really fun place and i love to be there and the theme song is really good so I feel so lucky to be alive in a time when podcasting is here mm-hmm. because I have felt before that it's you probably feel the same way too where it, there's nothing like blocking us from saying right everyone ha- everyone but can for now, everyone can have a voice to get out there and everyone can find that voice yeah okay which yeah is so until exciting. Apple shuts us down because we talk about conspiracies but other than that <laughs> it's okay yeah exactly yeah well I'm just I've been in like Instagram jail a few times because I talk about like vitamin C that I like or something so whoa really yeah Damn. I think I published or I reposted like one like vitamin D helps the immune system. And then it was like, you cannot write for this for like a week. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Is vitamin can't. D a code for something? No, no. They just like I think a lot of I don't know. It's a it's a COVID thing, but it like, you know, whatever. Dude, what? I That's know. crazy. She, what she's not telling you is that all her other posts are like, you know, 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I hate died. gay people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vitamin D as a like, straight hate talk. It's death straight. to gays. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Never, ever, ever. Death um, to them all. <laughs> I was good. Oh, okay, in your stand up. Because I I've watched some videos and it's so good. Thank you. I took a, a class out here to go like uh, with the pretty funny women group, with, and I love that. And I think that kind of gave me the confidence to do stand up. Do you feel like you're the past just as a performer naturally? You it was just a natural fit for you, or have you always been a, a stand up comedian in your mind and you just came to fruition? Oh, I've never asked. I've never heard that question phrased like that. I think yes, because I would I would do little stand up sets in the mirror when I was a kid. Really? Like yeah, I would definitely. Uh, walk around the house doing stand-up to myself. Um, now that you say that, I'm like remembering, wow, that's cool. That just unlocked a little timeline for me. Um, yeah, the, 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 the pipeline for me was be a child actor to go to theater school, to do musical theater, to be told that you're not good enough for it, to do regular acting, to be told that you're not good enough for it to do comedy Mm. so like I went to I went into improv classes my sophomore year of college when I was kind of told like hey like just because you were in this thing when you're a kid doesn't really mean that you've got it so like maybe like go take an improv class or something because improv's gonna help you um with acting and I was just like okay fine Mm. and then I ended up they were right like improv really does help you as an actor as a person in general like be more react or not reactive but it helps you be a good listener Mm -hmm. um 
you know, and it and it helps you balance like take and take of focus, which I really think is is or give and take of <laughs> take and take of focus. This goes just taking and taking over here. It's fucking it's Leo season. I, uh, yeah, we're almost, yeah, <laughs> well, it's almost Leo season. It's very Leo also to be. But like, so Leos are also like already in Leo season yes. mentality because it's like it's Cancer season, which means it's almost Leo season, which means it's kind of Leo season already. One of my favorite memes <laughs> is a lion like throwing a crab up in the air, and that's like by Cancers. Like we'll see. That's exactly our attitude. Tauruses, I like because I'm obsessed with Tauruses. But I feel like when it get, no offense, Cancers, like we have some listening. And I know we, I love your moods and your sensitivity, but but it is very Leo to be like bye. Like <laughs> I love yes, I love all the signs, but that Cancer to Leo transition, yeah. like I mean, it's, it's like wipe the tears and then put on like a wig or something. <laughs> yes. um, and then because I feel like, um, uh, wait, where, you were, we were just talking about the improv. Oh, improv. improv. As you can tell, <laughs> my improv training really helped. But um, for me, it it made those awkward moments, even just at a party or if you sit down with someone, it helped me kind of be more less like I'm afraid to go up to someone or mm-hmm. maybe kind of feel like more in the moment with humans yeah and I I took you know I I took not only like basic improv at like uh IO um which actually isn't really basic improv at all like I was surprised because I had taken I had done like been on my high school's improv team uh for a little bit and you know done all the games the short form like whose line is it anyway stuff but uh, going into IO they teach you long for like they they start with long form Damn. improv mm. which is like just doing scenes mm-hmm. and they're really about the scene work and the character there um, and then going into going back to um, uh, university after a summer of taking improv classes all of my teachers started giving me better reviews like of you know wow, yeah. the the, crit- the critiques were easier for me to take mm-hmm. mm. i was f- taking everything a lot less personally um because i had done a summer of like pretending to be a fucking little earthworm like you know <laughs> doing improv like where i'm like this scene we're literally just talking about jizz like you know <laughs> an earthworm talking about jizz just <laughs> literally um so that you know, so being able to go back to acting and stuff after having improv training, and then my senior year, um, getting into Second City's um, like conservatory and doing their like intense, you know, kind of renowned graduate improv program uh, for musical improv, which was so fun, and getting to write musical comedy as a part of our like final presentation because they second city's way of doing things is uh scene to like or improvising to write um sketch Mm -hmm. uh so when we were in process like for the sketch show for our final um me like writing for the group was really really fun I always thought that like maybe I would like write on a TV show like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that has musical comedy in it or like, you know, be a writer for SNL doing their musical sketch um, Mm. and stuff. Um, And that was kind of a big dream for a while. Still, I mean, I'd still love to do that at at some point. Um, But now I'm kind of in this place where I want to write my own show that has musical comedy in it because why the fuck not, you know? What a skill. That's an amazing skill. And then it goes back to Tenacious D, right? It all goes back to, you know... The childhood stuff where hearing Tenacious D and hearing like Flight of the Concords a little later, hearing Garfunkel Notes a little later, um, and other musical comedy bits, um, being like, oh, this is like really the stuff because if it's funny, that's awesome. If it's funny and it rhymes, that kills. Mm -hmm. Like, and if it's funny and it rhymes and it sounds amazing, that's where it really fucking kills. No, I, I think that uh, it was always in the stars for me to be a, a, comedi- a comedian. Um, you know, my dad's very funny um, in his own way. And even my mom, you know, has her own fucked up sense of humor. Um, that's more mean than anything. But like, she's still a funny lady. And, and you know, my whole family is just us, all six of us hanging out together is like just nonstop crying laughing like because everyone in our family is just so funny yeah um my sister you know jojo she's the funniest person i've ever met and like our facetimes are literally two hours of us like wheezing from laughter um are you trying to get her into comedy to to do stand-up she's done yeah she's done stand-up uh she she did stand-up one time and her set was so fucking good that she was just like i don't want to do it again really yeah oh yeah you're like i can do it okay i'm done she's like like, i'm done i can't like and and luckily 
you know, she has the, she did the same thing as I did where she wrote it out like a monologue and memorized it. And it was so fucking good beat for beat, not a dead moment. And it was like a solid like five minute set at Club Coming in New York. And the room ate it up, loved her. And then she just was like, yeah, I now I know I what it's it. like to be a stand-up. I'm retired, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Funny. She's, yeah, she's a Gemini. I love her so much, and she just, uh, she is so naturally talented. She's also an actress, and she's working on a TV show for Freeform right now, just such a star. Um, but she's truly the funniest person I've ever met, and she's like 24. Wow. Yeah, 25 now. Um, but yeah, I think stand-up is tight. I, I love, uh, I haven't done it since covid since before covid Mm -hmm. um i i've been taking like a pretty good hiatus to work on my mental health because i think for a while i was comparing myself to every other musical comedian Mm -hmm. um in a really toxic way (laughs) and i was just like i'm gonna use this pause time of covid to just recalibrate and figure out what i want and um i don't know that i want to go back to it i think i had a really a good time doing as many shows as they're doing but I burned out so quickly and then now I'm like kind of sick of my own material uh-huh. so yeah I don't yeah. want and then I'm like kind of on to other things that I'm like working on that yeah that I don't really have time to invest in like writing new stuff mm-hmm. but yeah but thank you for for saying you like my stuff I, I do, I, I, I I, do. yes yeah oh my gosh okay so I was gonna ask about shit show stuff too and yeah then, I wanted, then we'll I wanted get to you ask here. you yeah I wanted to ask you um do you have any moments in your career that you would sort of I guess describe as having been a shit show moment where things just went to fuck yeah absolutely um I think I mentioned it earlier I'm a recovering addict um or if I didn't I was probably hinting to it at some point um And so I did have like a long, like long and slow bottom. It wasn't like a like fast, like, you know, I I got a DUI, went to jail and then went to rehab. And now I'm so it's like I had like a five year long bottom (laughs) where it was like a slow and gradual process of like me coming to terms with the fact that I had issues with substances, um, you know, trigger warning. Like I, you know, tried to kill myself like three times in my sophomore year of college over like a relationship that had ended. And it was like my first, you know, serious uh, partner and I broke up and, you know, I I just went off the deep end for five years. Um, And so like while I was, you know, killing it and having a good time with like comedy and with acting and stuff um for like the second half of my time in college um I was like medicating very heavily to Mm -hmm. be able to do that Mm. um I think also like (laughs) I mean I could even say that the bottom started after School of Rock because being sexualized as a 10 year old gives you so much emotional trauma to deal with and to live with um and you know, I have a pretty loud inner critic that I used weed and, you know, drugs and alcohol and, you know, Adderall, Coke, whatever to just silence that voice, sex, food, lack of food, all of it. Like, you know, and I'm like the true blue definition of an addict, which, you know, the dictionary defines as somebody who like can't differentiate the true from the false, uh, somebody who has codependent tendencies with substances, people and things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm literally like just powerless over people, places and things. And there was just like a stint of time where um, I was like doing coke every night at like stand up shows and couldn't do a set sober, couldn't do anything sober. Um, and it's funny how that environment almost warrants it because it is if you are doing stand up. I, I, I really need to reflect on if I want to continue drinking while I'm doing it, too, because for a while I'm like, oh, I'm not a really big drinker at all. But I find myself almost at every show at every performance trying to, you know, yeah. have at least one glass or, or something to take the edge off. And then mm-hmm. I can see how it really quickly becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. Well, that's how it started for me, too. Like, I remember my first open mic being like, there is no way I'm going to be able to get through this like sober especially if I tank on stage so I'm gonna get tanked before I tank yeah (laughs) and I absolutely just like blacked out and did my first stand-up set it was good it wasn't the best probably I I really don't remember but like yeah I I definitely felt like alcohol and and 
specifically alcohol and coke like i wouldn't really do weed smoke weed to do shows or anything because that just would make me like super slow <laughs> like, and like hey, hey everyone <laughs> like weed was more so this was my trajectory was i would um wake up hungover so i'd smoke weed to take away a little bit of that pain and then like i would just chug like a coffee smoke a couple cigarettes and then go to work where i worked at a bar and then while at the bar you know drink a little bit just to get ready for whatever show I had that night mm -hmm. and then I would get to the show and I would do a couple bumps in the bathroom of coke and then I would have a couple of shots before going on stage and then I would do you know a couple bumps after the show and then you know then uh blackout from drinking after my set you know with mm -hmm. all the other comics and go home with you know either a stranger who had been in the audience or go home with another comic mm -hmm. and you know just that was the cycle for I mean it was from when I graduated college when I was like 21 I didn't graduate I kind of just like finished the theater credits and was like okay I'm done <laughs> bye <laughs> still had all my gen eds to finish but never did um which is fine um I don't really need a degree to uh do theater which is cool um or acting or art in general truth um but I yeah that was my cycle from like 21 till 24 with moments of like oh god I think this is catching up to me I should take a break and mm. then doing the classic addict thing of like bargaining and and doing your whole like oh I'm gonna like do a dry January oh, <laughs> see yeah. how that goes and then like two weeks in something triggers me emotionally that I'm like I have to take a drink so I can take the edge off and then like never being able to get together maybe like I think at most I was able to do like two weeks without drinking but I was still heavily smoking weed or you know taking like Xanax for the anxiety or whatever Xanax that was definitely not prescribed to me um I manipulated my doctor into giving me Klonopin which I overdosed on like it was just really? yeah, yeah it was a it was a mess of a time I was a hot damn mess so yes I have been a shit show I have been the shit <laughs> you show you have been the shit that show is, I love that yeah, it's not like one specific moment it's like this time period yeah no that was the that was the moment there was a brief stint where I would like overbook myself like you know because the overachiever I am I want people to think that I'm in demand mm -hmm. and you know I'd post my little show calendar on Instagram and be like these are all the days and times that I'll be performing like blah blah blah, blah. and I ended up blacking out so hard at my first gig at 7 p.m. that I had to like miss my 10 p.m. gig and it was like a bigger show that uh, I like you know at Laugh Factory that really you know ended oh, up damn. like yeah of course like they ended up like it wasn't like they like banned me from Laugh Factory for right. missing a show like they were just like this stuff probably happens all the time so mm -hmm. but I just didn't want it like I didn't I didn't right. want it as much as I wanted my addiction yeah. so it it definitely led to I mean at, at the very least me losing my reputation and like losing a lot of friends and you know kind of being known as this like drunk and this like kind of like a shit show almost, shit show or, yeah. yeah like a hot fucking mess mm -hmm. and you know I, I just it, it wasn't fun it stopped being fun um and then I I was doing I luckily had a good reason to stop drinking I was like doing a play that was eight shows a week and I was just like oh I literally can't like right. I can't, can't keep up can't do coke that. can't smoke weed unless it's like just to go to sleep um couldn't smoke cigarettes anymore like because it was a musical so I had to mm. be like on point and I, there was a lot of dance in it too so I was just like I have to be like on point for this show it was like the first big you know role that I had had in a while like for and and musical theater was like you know, at the forefront of my, like, dreams and goals. Broadway was really up there with, like, SNL. <laughs> it's like, you know, now I'm, like, good on either of that. Like, I'm like, meh. Um, Broadway's still definitely in the back of my mind. Uh, SNL I could do without, like, for, for me particularly. Um, but I'm doing this show, and I'm like, I can't drink every night, so I, I got to really, really cut it out. Um, luckily, you know, the show was a good enough reason for me to stop partying as much, but then midway through the show I got into this relationship with somebody who was a big cokehead and wino and I went back out tanked really hard like after the show was done um I was able to like do my shit again I really thought it was done like you know while I was in the mm -hmm. show I was like I've, I've not done coke in like six months that's like amazing you know and I feel so good and like da da da, -da. I met this person back down the drain oh, and really? it was like I mean there was a night where I was so fucked up that I like looked in the mirror and I was just like, I don't even know that person. Like really? I looked, I did this, like I looked in my eyes and it was just like 
all I could see was death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I was like teeny tiny, like super rail thin, didn't eat, wasn't eating because of all the coke. Uh, and it was just like cocaine and coffee and cigarettes and alcohol was my diet at that point. Mm. And, and then the relationship was like super, super toxic. Like, I mean, this person was like cheating and like we, we were both cheating and it was just like this terrible thing. And, you know, I, uh, I kind of had this moment where I was like looking at myself and I was just like, I do not know you. I don't like you. Um, you know, something's got to change. And then I booked this, the, so the eight shows a week show that I had done in Chicago, they were like, Hey, we're moving the show to LA. Like, do you want to come with us? And I was just like, thank fucking God. So I came out here and was doing the play. And then, um, while we were in like rehearsals, I was just like, casually talking to one of the girls in the show and she was just like yeah I don't drink because it shows up on camera and I was just like oh, I gotta stop drinking yeah <laughs> that was like the catalyst was like the vanity that's of, like, so funny oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that is funny when it's like vanity that will do it rather than yeah yeah and and then it it was like revealed to me like after like you know I stopped drinking on uh, December 10th of 2017 and I haven't picked up since like you know it was very uh circuitous because my first drink was a Toronto Film Festival when I was first there for School of Rock I like snuck a glass of champagne because I thought that was like the cool like chic Hollywood thing to do and uh I wasn't drunk off that like I was just kind of like I feel like cool now like I feel like chill and like I feel like I have it together and I can like go up to the Olsen twins and like talk to them (laughs) um and then uh my last drink was on like somebody's last night of being in the show um we did like a champagne toast and I was just like, this feels like a good way to just stop to go like, out. Wow. Just have a glassy glass of champagne. Cause I hear so many people like, you know, talk about like, Oh, my last drink was like a fifth of vodka. And then I went to the ER and had alcohol poisoning. And I'm like, I was like, well, mine was a glass of champagne on closing night. Yeah. Of an eight day show that got moved to LA and, Alcohol uh, does make people look haggard, though. After a it while, does, it does, and especially bloating like, yeah, and yeah. the yellow, the jaundiced eyes. I knew and all you. Were, that. I didn't. I specifically didn't look at you. Yeah, Bo's kind of pickled <laughs> at this point. But you don't look haggard. I think also it's tougher fuck, on fuck women you. than yeah. men. Fuck like, you, man. True. No. Well. No, sometimes I've, I can always tell when he's like today you're totally good but on days that I feel like I'll show up and I could tell that he may be a little bit um hungover it makes me feel like I'm not getting a version of someone that I like yeah. love like you know this is your intervention Bo <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> we're here I know no but I now know. you're good but it no, almost but listening, is like honestly you know. listening to you talk is really inspiring because it is yeah uh, there is a part of me that's like nice way to change a, a conversation about your drinking no 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 just hold on know, but about about the last two years right especially with the pandemic it's been very easy to like fall off of whatever uh stool you're sitting on stool you're sitting on in any bar uh and and i'm just like yeah you're right like uh i don't want to make excuses i don't want to say like like there have been times that i'm like well i'm gonna like pull back i'm gonna Mm -hmm. pull back a bit and then it's like ah but my friend's leaving we gotta celebrate exactly no and it's the funniest thing to me is like now being the sober bitch at the party like you know when people find it and now i'm getting the like oh i love that for you <laughs> or my favorite thing is when somebody's like, oh, I think I'm going to do a dry October, but my birthday's in October, so I'm probably going to drink on my birthday. But other than that, I'm going to do a dry October. I was like, oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm not judging anybody because that was me. That was yeah. me three years, four years ago. We will all go on that journey that we need to go on. And if it includes the, mm-hmm. the sort of path that you took, then that's awesome. And if it yeah. doesn't. That's okay too. It has totally. to be what's good for you. And the other thing is that some people aren't alcoholics and I have to remember that. Like right. I, I am like a raging addict mm-hmm. <laughs> and when other people can like drink without impunity, I'm just like, can't relate. I can't. Like, I feel like that's kind of you. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you have. Oh my gosh. No, I'm just, we, this is a joke. It this is a joke. joke. Yeah. Really I'm no. really glad I met you at this time of your life. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm glad I met like all of my, you know, all of my close friends are, you know, sober people um which is beautiful and a blessing and just so good to have that community like the other night I went to this lesbian lingerie party and I wouldn't have been able to go without my like my my gals um okay so if if someone was going to listen to your podcast you have like one of course all the episodes are great but is there like an intro episode that you'd recommend for peeps you know, I'm not to be this bitch but the solo episode where I talk about how I changed my name 
would probably be the one. Okay. I think. I think that one is pretty solid. And then for as far as the like ones where I bring on guests, I don't like to call them interviews because it doesn't feel like an interview. It's mm-hmm. more like chatting and just catching up and hanging out. Um, like this, yeah. except for not in our garage, um, where it's cooled off significantly. It has. I feel good now. Maybe you did. Maybe you just I, came in hot. I came you in came hot. hot. I came in like a wrecking ball, my my Hannah Montana again. Um but uh Oh, I just noticed that. That's cool. Um, sorry. This <laughs> isn't our garage. You're not giving us compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Neurodivergent brain just being like, what's that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, you know, all of them are so good. I'm trying to think of, well, yeah, like I, the first episode was so special um, because it was with Brian Faldudo who played uh, Billy in the movie School of Rock and he's famous for the line, you're tacky and I hate you, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably the most quoted line from School of Rock. Um, but he and I, you know, he was the first episode and that would be where to start. And then you just binge the whole show. Cool. Yeah, let's go. do it like I do. I'm a psycho and I put on all my podcasts in 1.25 speed. Oh, yeah. Do yeah, you do yeah. it too? Um, I, I write for podcasts too. And like I do show notes and stuff. Oh, so, wow. So that I listen to a lot of podcasts on either double speed sometimes or 1.5. And then when I get out in the real world and I'm having a conversation with someone, I'm like, speed up, speed up. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it messes with Everyone me, just yeah. is like. Yeah. yeah. But for I'll real. listen to a lot of norm. Yeah. Of, of podcasts. Like super it's fast. so funny because I listen even the like. I'll like listen to my own pot because my editors will like send it back to me and I'll just like put it in 1.25. And then like the other day I like heard uh, the theme song in like regular speed and I was just like, that can't be how slow <laughs> has it always been this slow? Uh, yeah. Then used to be like Hollywood, like the future see bright. Like it's just like no, it's like actually a lot slower than that. <laughs> I feel that uh, way too. You're awesome. Yes. You and guys follow her on social meds. Yes, follow me. Is it at Rivka dot Reyes? Rivka, okay. Cool. On Insta and TikTok, and then on Twitter, it's just Rivka Reyes, no dot. I can't wait to see a performance of you live. <gasps> Me can, too. Can Bo and I come watch you somewhere. Yeah. At some point? Okay. Cool. Just Eventually. The someplace. No, like, not like that. No, we'll pay tickets to go. No, see I mean, you. it's you'd be in a in, in an actual club, but like we're just gonna oh. watch the windows. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Tight. Yeah. God, that, you made that so creepy, man. Oh, why do I make that um, creepy? I did. You're awesome. Thank yes. you for being here with us. Thank that you was for so having great me. Yeah. Yay. See you all next time. Bye. <laughs> Yay. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yay, so fun. You're a perfect podcast guest. Wait, were you? Okay, good. Wow. I do love whenever we come out of the sleeping bag, I can usually depend on the fact that you'll say, wow. Because everyone is a wow. I know. But I'm Every saying, time we've been in a sleeping bag, I've been wowed. You've wowed. You've been wowed out of it. And Riv is no exception. Really great conversation. Was happy to talk mm-hmm. and just um, get to know. Super talented, awesome person. And I will be following the podcast and their stand-up comedy for sure. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Klimo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB&J. If you've got a question, or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at campfireshitshow, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. Sleep tight.